0: I'm Alex Mellaris and I'm Ty Seifu the world is falling apart again uh, everyone's dying everyone's in a bad mood the the uh, apocalypse is here we live in a dystopia and the Minnesota Wild only played one game this week and I didn't even get to watch it um and I haven't even gone back to watch the highlights either which usually I would do if I can't catch a game sorry I've been busy um but did they beat the Sabres 3-2 or did they lose to the Sabres 3-2? I don't even remember that. Why don't you take the lead on this one? All right. So, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we're talking about flipping the uh,
1: the narrative when it comes to the Wild uh, or, or when it comes to teams that we're watching. They did end up losing 3-2 in the shootout. Now, um, yeah, so the Wild, a high-flying team, a team that we picked um, because, you know, they're at the top of their division out there in the Central. But uh, didn't look so good. Um, apparently it's been, you know, they're, they're on a bit of a skid prior to this game. I mean, they lost to the Kings, they lost to the Golden Knights, uh, but this one seems to be real bottom of the barrel shit, losing to the Sabres, um, where it's not like they were goalied, uh, ain't nobody getting goalied by Uko Pekalik Lukonen, you know, and that certainly wasn't the case. It was just the Sabres, you know, it went to the shootout in the end. Um, but the Sabres did look like the better team out there, which, uh, if you're the wild, if you're a wild fan, that's, that's pretty concerning. I mean, um, uh, when it came to the offense, uh, it really felt like it was only, you know, the top six, that especially Kaprizov's line, that first line that was, uh, you know, really kind of humming. I mean, there only two goals came from that line um, with, you know, Kaprizov there. John Merrill scored a goal. So shout out to John Merrill. He scored the first wild goal. Hey. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's the wild. There were a lot of, you know, defensive miscues um, and they were just hemmed in, the, hemmed in their own zone a lot, which uh, when you're playing the Sabres is not ideal or, or a good indicator of anything, to say, to say the least.
0: You know what? I'll take your word for it. If you say that's what happened, then <laughs> I believe that that's what happened. Uh, the one piece of Minnesota Wild stuff that I did digest this week was just uh, a couple minutes ago, right before we started recording. I told you about this clip I see on Twitter of Rem Pitlick. This is I'm reading a tweet from at No Salary Retained. Thomas Williams. Rem Pitlick was asked if he's frustrated being healthy scratched. And I've never heard a hockey player talk like this. LOL. Hashtag (laughs) MNWild. So what I'm going to do again is play it and try to recite what Rem Pitlick is saying while he's saying it. Here I go. Um... I mean, I'm a human being, and yeah, I want to play, so uh, I guess I'm going to leave it at that. But I understand that we're a team, and uh, they want to see something that uh, is a growth in my game, and I have no problem doing that. We all have views in life, and I think that's what makes life cool. Like, there's so many different ways to look at it. and They see it a certain way, and I'm going to try to, um, I guess, blend it into my game and still maintain a sense of self and how I see the game as well. So, what do you think about this uh, thesis statement on the part of Mister Rempel? Right? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I think he he went into the wrong industry. Um, dude, dude should have got into philosophy out out outright. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he had to make it so deep. He started off with, "While well, I'm a human," um, right off the bat, that raises a red <laughs> flag. Like, all right, this guy, this guy's uh, going off the deep end uh, here, uh, I'm and a human uh, shirt you know, saying things like raising this. a lot of questions already answered by my shirt. Yeah, exactly, and then you know he says things like sense of self, um, you know things like that. They always stick out because you're just like, come on, man. I I know these these athletes. They're pretty, uh, you know, crazy when it comes to uh, you know how they view life, right? Um, you know they're they're wired different. That's how they get to this uh, you know stage of competition, but. uh yeah, it's uh, this is this is a bit of a head scratcher from Rempit. Like, like, bro, you got you got healthy scratched. All right, no, it's not. That's not. It's not the end of life. All right, it's not the
0: end of your life. Um, yeah, I you don't, don't need to get so philosophical about it. I didn't read the or hear the quote as being more like he was upset. It was you was just kind of taking in stride and being like, hmm. I I don't I th- I don't think he said anything that was. Wrong or stupid or out of place or anything. I just think it's interesting because when we say we want hockey players to have more thoughtful answers in interviews, you know, I think Rempel Rempilic is setting a very good example. I would love if people gave more thoughtful answers because I can tell from that that he is he is trying to answer the question as truthfully as he can, and it it does make a lot of sense. He's like I'm healthy scratched because the coaches want to see me play better. That makes sense. Um they want me to do something different. I am going to try to do something different like they want, but also not change too much the way I play and who I am. And it's like, you know what? That's probably a great strategy to get back in the lineup and stay there. Uh, So so hats off to you, Rampit. Like the funniest thing uh, about that, or one of the funniest things I agree with you is imagine there were like a movie about some kind of hockey playing alien who had to disguise as a human being Gets asked an interview question. Starts with, well, of course, I'm a human being.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, no. Um. I mean, look, it, see, that's the thing, though. It, it manages to say not a whole lot either at the same time. So, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a funny quote in that it's uh, is like he takes a lot of big words uh, to kind of say nothing in the end. Right. Like no, he's he didn't like, say nothing. Oh, yeah. well, just, I mean, I would he just...
0: <laughs> He spoke in abstractions, but they weren't meaningless. They sh- well, I felt like they he spoke in abstractions
1: abstract enough that they kind of lost all meaning. I mean, like you know, I'm a human. Like, bro, he started with "I'm a human," like that's <laughs> that's an abstraction in itself. Uh, and uh, but yeah, I mean, it, good soundbite. So in that sense, you know, for the entertainment aspect, if you you know what you're not wrong. If everybody gave Rem Pitlick answers twenty four seven, it sure be more entertaining than what uh what's what's available now uh in in the mainstream
0: yeah the only thing missing was the word duality rem Pitlick could have been like oh i feel like i I would like to this this passage of the the work highlights the duality between the coach's vision and my vision for my style of play Uh, what if you threw
1: in like archetype um (laughs) I want to fit the archetype of a good player, a good man. A you good know, this human. is going
0: to feel a lot like the rising action of my arc this season.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, what's what's the opposite of a climax? Isn't that it? Like, well, I guess no. This is the inciting incident. Um, I'm gonna use oh, this as the inciting incident for my season. Uh, I'm getting sure. healthy. Sc- yeah, as they say in French. Um, so we're just looking for that literary analysis. Give me that. Give us that literary shit, Rem Pitlick. Um, we'll we'll eat it up, and hopefully he's turning in that direction. I doubt it, but uh, I guess I guess that's what we learn from Wild Week. Um, they're they're looking kind of shit. Uh, but you know, Rem Pitlick, if you bench him, he'll give some wistful quotes.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Wait. Did Rem Pitlick go to an Ivy League school? I just thought it I might be. Oh, it was Jimmy Vesey who Did <laughs> and they were both like preds prospects at the same time. I think I don't remember. We're gonna look this up. Uh, but I was just gonna say something else about Rem Pitlick. And now I don't remember what it was. Uh but uh, okay, I see he played for USA hockey at some point. His father, Lance Pitlick, played in the NHL for the Ottawa Senators and Florida Panthers. Uh oh no, he played for the, the Golden Gophers, so not Ivy League. Uh but oh, this is what I was gonna say. When's the uh the Rem Pitlick movie coming? We're talking about all this rising action and stuff. I could pro- I I know this a Rem like movie just from that 50 seconds or no 30 seconds of interview, <laughs> I can tell it would be much more interesting than the David Ayers movie. That isn't even going to ever happen.
1: Right. Um, I mean, <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, and uh, I guess, I guess you're shouting out the, the university of Minnesota's lit- literary arts program or, or whatever it is. Um, I mean, yeah, I, look, The bar is low for that David Ayers movie, though, as we've discussed before. What the fuck are you going to talk about there? Um, So, yeah. Hey, if they're they're making a Rem Pitlick movie, I'm not going to watch it, but I'll be cheering for it.
0: Come on. You would watch it. Don't lie to us. You would totally watch a Rem Pitlick movie. Oh, speaking of of hockey movies, I don't want to forget. uh, I mentioned Score a Hockey Musical last week. Would you like me to give some spoilers and describe the entire plot now, or would you like to watch it for yourself? at a later date.
1: I I think I think it's okay. You can uh you can go ahead. Spoil spoil
0: the movie. Okay. I'll watch
1: it anyways, but uh okay.
0: <laughs> as you should because oh boy, this film uh so it premiered in 2010. Um Noah Reed plays the main character who apparently some people know he was like uh he was on Schitt's Creek, I think, from in some of the later seasons. Uh, Olivia Newton-John is by far the most famous person in the movie. Actually, that's not true. This, she's the most famous actor in the movie. Walter Gretzky, Theo Fleury, and Steve Coolyus, odd cameo. Well, to be they're all less famous than Olivia Newton-John, actually. But in the hockey world, yeah, they all Yeah, I was just going to say. Uh, yeah, they're all far less famous. Anyway, um, so here's, here's how, so this is a musical, don't forget. So uh, I found like, the very first scene in the movie, uh, so the main character, Farley, who's 17 years old. He's just skating around on a on a pond with his friends playing hockey. He's a lot better than all of them. He scores a goal and then there's a freeze fame it's like score with all the like definitions of score and it's like oh notice that it means like you know you can score a goal in hockey and also like a musical score so our title's clever. Anyway, moving on. Basically, here's the plot. <laughs> uh this kid Farley, uh is homeschooled and his parents have never let him play organized sports, especially organized hockey because they think it's barbaric and I mean they're not wrong uh, but when he's playing on his pond one day uh, just out of total serendipity the owner of a major junior team it's its coded as the OHL but they don't say OHL, uh, happens to watch and is like, hey kid who owns your rights? Who's your agent? All this stuff. And he's like, oh no and I've never actually played organized sports and he's like well you're amazing. Come to the practice for my junior team and the parents finally agree, all right, you can go. And he's just instantly so much better than all of them. Uh, he's the front runner for the first overall pick in that upcoming draft in a matter of like weeks. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's all told through song. But the main thing is that he's not like all the other hockey culture boys who are like, oh, you know, we're going to like piss in the snow and fight all the time. He doesn't like fighting or violence in the game at all. Uh, so what happens is when there's a brawl in one of the games, uh, he just turtles and a player on the other team just keeps punching him over and over again. He's just turtled on the ice. And instead of being like, wow, player, why would you punch a player who clearly doesn't want to get involved? Uh, basically, the coach is like, come on, Farley, you're you're embarrassing us. You've got to defend your honor. And the, his teammates are like, yeah, you know, it's true. You got to adhere to the code. You got to defend your honor. You don't have to knock him out. Just take a couple swings. And he's like, oh, I don't want to. This isn't going with my morals uh but he ends up like you know getting very frustrated and conflicted by it and he does end up fighting someone and then immediately quits hockey uh and then he's really sad about it so he comes back and decide if anyone if anyone ever challenges him to a fight he's just going to give them a really hard hug so that he so that he can't <laughs> be punched anymore and uh yeah then then the movie ends oh and there's also this this uh hey. romantic yeah. plot with his friend who's the next door neighbor uh, who plays the cello and this italian guy who is like oh i love <laughs> no you why. and she's like no I, I don't love you i love farley and then and then even farley get together and i have okay give your thoughts on the plot before i give before i talk a little about the songs <laughs> go, go on ahead
1: all right so first of all that's where the movie ends it's just all right guys i'm gonna i'm gonna
0: no, give well, a hug next ends- time somebody. Comes- well, the, well, well, it the doesn't end with him saying that. It ends like he's gets into a fight with a guy. And okay. it's in the middle of a song, of course. And he's like, don't worry, guys. I can deal with this misplaced aggression. Let's have an on-ice therapy session. And he hugs the guy. <laughs> and, and, and he hugs him so hard. The guy's like, all right, let go, truce. And he's like, yeah. And everyone cheers. And he's like, anyone else want to come at me? And then they have the big dance number at the end. Wow this, this man single handedly solved hockey culture
1: as, straight up as as crazy. <laughs> uh, look, hey, the plot, you know what? It seems it seems pretty uh seems like a pretty good plot. Like 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 uh morals wise, it doesn't seem like uh you know too too yeah, hockey propaganda-ish. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's surprising for me just listening to it right now. I'm like, oh, they're not they're not shining a, a good light on like, you know, the tough guy hockey culture. Even back in twenty ten. Uh which right, like that's that's uh avant-garde shit from uh, whoever happened to write that. Um so <laughs> shout out. Um but uh all right and also shout out to the random Italian guy who uh you, you kind of mentioned <laughs> at the end I don't know what that's about. But uh <laughs>
0: <laughs> that that, was good that was pretty good. He's not, he's not in the movie that much he's pretty much just there to create a love triangle but at some point he's like eve i wrote you this song to express my true feelings and he plays a song and sings in two lines and he's like you didn't write that that's like this famous song by this other band who i don't remember what it was but anyway um the song okay so what i was so the guy who uh wrote the screenplay all the songs and directed the movie by himself uh, is named michael McGowan. Um, and I actually, I watched a review of this movie and the person in the video said something I agree with, which is that he needed more people to help him, especially with the songwriting, the songs themselves. Like some of them are kind of catchy. The music, this is the worst lyric writing I've heard in my entire <laughs> life. You, you don't oh, understand until you listen. It's even worse than that. I was just jaw on the floor. Like, how did this make it <laughs> past <laughs> like the first draft, how do you not immediately write that and go, oh, like that's not even good enough to say I'll fix it later. I have to fix it now. (laughs) It was out of nowhere. In random (laughs) songs, there was this line out of nowhere. It was so clunky. It was like eventually we all have to cut the umbilical cord. And basically, okay, every, it's not just that the lyrics were bad, which they were, but also it felt like all the actors had like a lyric sheet in front of them. And it was like, all right, we're going to play the music now, sing along. They had never heard the song before. They didn't know where the beats were supposed to line up, where the words were supposed to land. And the rhyming scheme in so many places made. So there's one line uh, where he goes, one that is environmentally friendly and has the best conditions for its employees. And I listened to it three times. <laughs> I like, was supposed to rhyme. Oh, no. I know. Oh, yikes that's terrible oh my god Uh, so that when there actually was a good rhyme it kind of took me by surprise a lot of the time
1: so you know maybe that's the the way to go though you know you set the bar extremely low um through the floor jaw droppingly bad so that whatever he does come up with you know a couple of bars uh it, it it you know blows your mind um so okay all right what i'm hearing is stay for the surprisingly interesting plot or, or no, come for the surprisingly interesting plot, stay for the train wreck lyrics, um, and, and songs. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so I, I do have to, I do want to end this by saying I was absolutely captivated and enthralled for the entire hour and a half. It had my undivided attention the entire time. It was an amazing experience, and I would recommend it.
1: Wow, that might be the most positive endorsement um for for anything on this podcast so <laughs> so uh yeah if there's, you gotta check it out gotta check it out uh i certainly am you know winter break now's the time and uh yeah so speaking of or, or i don't know i don't even know how to where, where do we want to transition to um unless let's see any closing the... thoughts on uh this movie
0: uh speaking of giving hugs uh Oh, NHL boy. players should stop doing it so often because they're spreading COVID a lot. Boo. boo. That might be, have been my worst one ever. Uh, but yeah, oh. it's pretty much impossible to keep track now of everyone who's in COVID protocol. Um, It seems as though a shutdown is inevitable. And as per usual, uh, anyone is waiting until the last possible moment to shut things down. Uh, and And just ignoring any foresight they could possibly have in that, oh, yeah, we're going to get to that point. So we might just close things down immediately and limit the damage. Um, That's that's not happening. Um, Although I do think it is important to point out two things, and one of them is positive and one of them is negative. The positive one is that all NHL or at least all that we've heard of have extremely mild to no symptoms, which should provide evidence of the efficacy of the vaccines. Uh, one negative that actually goes along with that positive, which is my main negative is that Steve Eiserman came out today and said, I don't know why we're, we're testing the asymptomatic players because, because they're asymptomatic or whatever, uh, which is, you know, just, just a terrible idea. Uh, the negative though is, uh, there are a lot of cases in general, uh, in the United States. And I do want to, um, I would do want to talk for a moment about why this is, uh, and it is largely, if not almost solely, due to the vaccine hoarding that many nations, but especially the United States, uh, have undergone. Because what happens if you hold on to all the vaccines, you know, to 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 garner profit? Then what happens is in parts of the world that are less vaccinated and less protected, variants like Omicron will start to develop, and then those variants will circle back into the united states via travel and everything of course uh so basically even if holding on to all the vaccines didn't come back to hurt you uh, it still would have been a shitty thing to do to hold on to them and now it actually has it's, and it's hurting uh everyone in the country pretty much literally uh and our country too in canada where we live and everywhere so basically the the gist of what i'm saying in that is uh to eventually solve the pandemic it's going to require a global solution, not one on a national basis, because vaccines don't care about the arbitrary borders that we humans have created on planet Earth. Um, And sadly, that is uh, unlikely to happen as long as uh, the United States exists.
1: Right? Yeah, no, this isn't this isn't even just about like, you know, those physical vaccine hoarding, right? It's also about uh the intellectual property that comes along with the technology to make these vaccines, Um. you know, where you have these, you know, developing countries that they're because of the patents, you know, that like, you know, companies like Pfizer, Moderna, whatever it is, they don't want to release it, which is uh, a concept so inc- incredibly absurd in itself, right? Like, you know, uh, we, we live obviously in a very greedy world a very capitalistic world, but you know, the concept of we have a vaccine that'll help, you know, slow down or, you know, potentially, hopefully, uh, er- eventually eradicate this pandemic, global pandemic that's been, you know, uh, Take it over the entire planet over the last two years, uh, and we have a solution for it. But we're still gonna, you know, prioritize making that profit uh, over, you know, vaccinating the entire world. And yeah, exactly, it comes back to eventually bite you in the ass, right? Because you know these countries, um, they have vaccine producing capabilities. It's just that they don't want, you know, companies don't want to share them. Um, but you know, <laughs> how do you not have that moral obligation to? And you know, it, and you know, exactly, who is it? Who is it coming back to bite in the end? It's uh, it's everybody. That's the answer. Um, so, yeah, that's obviously, you know, this is this is a, a situation that uh, we kind of put ourselves in as a, you know, as, as a community, especially in the richer countries uh, where, yeah, we've seen that kind of hoarding. Um, so, yeah, that is. uh And yeah, as to how the leagues are handling this um, back to sports for a minute. Um, yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> they they it's like they've given up on caring. Um, you know, you, you see stuff like the Irishman, court, you see, like, you know, like that proposition of like not testing asymptomatic players um, is being implemented, implemented by the NFL. And, you know, uh, already they've already announced that they're just going to, you know, test the symptomatic ones, a concept which like what we're choosing to ignore the fact that these people are actually contagious uh or just like you know like woefully ignoring that apparently um and yeah other stupidities um you know because yeah they are they're not you're not putting the everybody's health and safety um both you know the players and the staff but also the community at large um you're not prioritizing that at all over you know the 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 financial losses um that they would incur
0: i think back to february 2020 right before our- you know everything really shut down and one of the things a lot of people were most nervous about about covid is that you can have it and still be asympt- asympt- asymptomatic and still spread it to other people and that was one of the big like oh no this thing could uh could get really really bad really fast uh and yet here we are nearly 2 years later and everyone's trying really hard to just act like that's not true uh so yeah it's it's uh it feels sometimes like uh like kind of a sad and hopeless situation um anything else sad and hopeless any other words come to mind
1: not really i mean yeah we've got like well look at the situation we're in now uh just in terms of you know people's personal lives we're talking about uh potential lockdowns that are going to come with these you know rising cases they're not slowing down uh and obviously you know you worry for for everyone's health and safety because you know it's still a global pandemic um, and it's worse than ever really um maybe not in terms of the death but the way it's spreading right now and it's really the people's attitudes towards it right like yeah it, it's it's mind blowing to me that you know i like as you said it was a negative right heading into the pandemic uh, when people were talking about like oh no it could be uh it could be contagious when people are asymptomatic now it's apparently it's kind of a positive oh we don't need to we don't need to test people because they're asymptomatic like we don't we don't need to deal with it it's fine thank god for that oh imagine if imagine if they were symptomatic we would have to actually shut them down. That's crazy, and it's such an absurd concept. It's so fucking absurd. Um, uh, but yeah, that's uh, it really is uh, you know, it's sad. Like, what, what the fucking can, can you do at this point, right? Other than you know, try to try to take
0: as much precaution as you can personally. My, I admittedly know very little to nothing about the science of vaccines. So perhaps you can enlighten me a little bit on this. Is it within the realm of possibility that within the next, oh, I don't know, several months to a year, a new variant develops that the vaccines that we currently have uh, do very little to resist against?
1: Right. Um, Well, that's the thing. With diseases like this, that, you know, mutation, we see a lot of mutation because there are so many cases, right? Um, And when you have a lot of cases, um, that's where you see mutations, right? They happen within one person and then they spread. Uh, And yeah, that's the fear. Really, right? Like, that's what um, keeps a lot of people up at night. Uh, And, you know, myself included. It's such a fucking terrifying thought because it is a possibility. Yes, and and there's a lot about this disease that we don't know, which is part of what makes it, you know, still so terrifying, right? Um, We don't know whether there will be such a variant, but yeah, it does. I mean, we've seen a whole bunch of these variants, right? Um, And so, you know, what will it bring next, right? Like, we're talking about, like, for example, Omicron. um, When it first emerged, we, we didn't know, uh, like, really the characteristics, you know, is it more deadly, how much more contagious it is, as we saw, um, you know, it is much more contagious. Um, and we're not really sure what, what the, the fatality rate is, or yeah, the vaccine resistance. Um, and it seems like it's almost like you're, you're playing with fire, right? The more variants you get, the more chances you have at something, you know, at it being potentially more deadly, um, or, you know, being more vaccine resistant. So, you know, it certainly is within the the realm of, you know, disease possibility that it de- develops, you know, that it changes its genetic composition enough that the vaccine, you know, the antibodies they get from the vaccine aren't able to recognize the virus. And that is, you know, it's a terrifying reality.
0: Beware, beware, that is true. One small sliver of happiness that we can turn to this week is Paul Maurice resigning. Uh, because I got to say this new, well, no, wait, 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 no, I, oh, did, that came out. I came out wrong. All like I intend to do. Uh, I did not intend that to come out like, yay, Paul Maurice is out of a job or anything like that. Uh, Paul Maurice. <laughs> uh, I, I'm very, I'm very happy for him uh, that he, you know, was no longer feeling fulfilled and happy in his job and said, you know what? I don't want to do it anymore uh, because I got to imagine that's the best feeling in the world. Even said in the press conference, which kind of took some people by, by surprise, that he was like, you know, I'm feeling, you know, kind of like it's a big weight off of my shoulders. I don't have to coach a game tonight. When I wake up tomorrow, I won't have a job to go to, and I'm in no rush to find a new one. Now, that is, of course, uh, a privilege that Paul Maurice is very lucky to have, that he isn't in immediately, immediately in need for new work that many, many people don't have. Uh, but that said uh i'm not going to hold it against him uh he said i don't want to work anymore i have the means not to work anymore so i shall not work anymore and uh you know that makes him pretty happy i imagine
1: yeah i mean from from all indications uh, it seems that this guy was just you know part of it was he was burnt out right i think that was a big part of it um yeah, it didn't seem that there was any, you know, like uh, personal issues or anything like that, or you know, the team, He said specifically, right, the team hadn't quit on him. Um, so you know, good, good on him for knowing what, uh, what he can do, right? What's best for him, and uh, I mean, it seems like he's really kind of prioritizing his mental health, which you love to see, um, in, in any sort of circumstance. Uh, and yeah, I mean. It, the the points that he made were valid both you know personally but also you know uh maybe his message didn't resonate as much on the locker room and that you know part of it made it not as fun to coach anymore um i'm not entirely sure there but uh yeah i mean he's doing what's best for him you certainly can't blame him for it and uh yeah i, I don't know if the the jets named an interim coach but uh you know yeah the he did. was oh this maybe going to get fired this, this year this is anyways. an
0: interesting part uh the interim yep. coach is Dave Lowry, Adam Lowry's dad. Um, so he oh. is coaching his son in the NHL. Every father's dream. No way. No How, you didn't way. hear this? Yeah, Dave no, Lowry was... Say. He was, I think... I think he had actually been an assistant coach of the Jets already, or maybe the head coach of their AHL team. He'd definitely been in the team and was definitely their plan. Like, yeah, we're going to Dave Lowry next. So yeah, he's coaching his son. And I saw someone point out, like... because. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois' dad is, I think, a coach in the AHL team for the Jets. Uh, And Nikolai Ehler's dad is also a coach somewhere else in Europe. And someone was like, bring the three of them together to all coach their sons, just like Pee-wee hockey, instant Stanley Cup.
1: (laughs) Right, I was gonna say this is a league shit. Um, you, you got dad behind the bench. You got you got some some random dude because Adam Lowry, speaking of the Jets, you know, is a random dude. So, uh, you got you got a random dude's dad just sitting behind the bench. Um, see, I heard the name Dave Lowry. I didn't make the connection to Adam though. I didn't realize they were a uh, father and son. I don't know. Has yeah. that ever happened before? I can't think of any other instance, but this is a uh, very I can't funny. I got his say it's it's fantastic it really and you know if if someone wants to make that Jets thing happen with three dad coaches you're they're not wrong the vibes would be immaculate
0: oh the vibes would be amazing because I feel like one dad coach like Dave Lowry is could probably get like a little too intense at least in theory whereas if you have three dad coaches then they're just kind of hanging out you know they're just kind of having yeah. a good time Uh, but as for Dave Lowry and Adam Lowry, I'd be interested to see how Adam Lowry's ice time changes because obviously (laughs) through the the, roof, I was going to say the immediate (laughs) joke is that he's just getting more ice time. My actual thought is that if anything it would probably go down a bit so that Dave doesn't create the perception that, you know, there's favoritism towards his son. He's going to, you know stay conservative with his ice time. But on the other hand, it would be super funny if he just skyrocketed to like 24 <laughs> minutes a night for my son, top line center, always starting out on the power play.
1: First line, baby, put him up there. Put him up there. He's best. He's best. Dad knows best. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, maybe he's playing the long con, you know? Uh, he's trying, well, he's the interim coach, so I don't know how long of a con you can play. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, start off with, uh, you know, all let right, right, let's, let's take your ice time down a bit. And it slowly boost it up after everybody starts uh, stops watching. Um, I, I would love to see that, but uh, yeah, the dynamics there are certainly they're they're unmatched other elsewhere in the league. Um, when it comes to coach-player ice time relationships.
0: Yep. Uh, very very interesting. Uh, we're about half an hour in. It's been a tough week. Do we want to keep this one short and? head into our draft, despite the fact that we spent like one third of the episode to, so far talking about a musical?
1: I think, you know, the, the kind of week has been, I, I agree. You know, there's not much hockey to talk about. Uh, we covered everything because really the, the big thing is COVID now, right? Uh, not just in the hockey world, but elsewhere too. So uh, yeah, I think really there are other, in terms of hockey topics, there there really isn't anything worth talking about. Um, so uh, yeah, we I, I'm down to
0: move on to the draft. All right. What you, well, here's something worth talking about. The Colorado Avalanche signed some guy named Callahan Burke. But anyway, uh, let's talk about our draft. <laughs> That's a creative plan. We player. decided, um, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since uh, Christmas is later this week, that we would draft Christmas songs. Who doesn't love a good Christmas song? The answer is no one. A lot of people hate a lot of bad Christmas songs, but who doesn't love a good one? No one. Everyone loves the good ones. Uh, so that's what we're going to draft. We're each, we're each going to pick six songs, of course, as per usual. I am pulling up my Christmas playlist on Spotify right now uh, to make sure I see all the good ones. Um, How I think we decided we're going to do it is we are going to... Wait, how do we end up deciding? Because I was like, do we want to draft a specific version of a song or do you want to just take the song as a whole encompassing every version of it
1: right I think what we we said is um you can for each of us we can each pick um depending on how you want so if there's a specific version you want to target and uh eliminate all the other versions you can just pick the version um or in my case uh where I don't really I'm not attached to the versions you can just pick the whole song and uh
0: either works Alright, so since I lost the last draft, I don't remember what it was, but I remember that I lost... Oh, it was The Vegetables. It was The Bad Vegetables. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to pick first, and I'm going to pick my favorite Christmas song of all time by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It's called Christmas All Over Again. If anyone's not familiar with this song, I would absolutely recommend it. Uh, it is... You know, so the here, here's how I'll explain it. I'll compare it to the Charlie Brown Christmas special, because although they might seem, might seem different superficially, I think they hit on a very similar point when it comes to Christmas, uh, which is that, you know, Christmas, sometimes it's not that great. Sometimes you're a little sad. Sometimes it's just okay. Sometimes there are a lot of frustrations that people are dealing with, and the vast majority of Christmas movies and songs don't touch on that uh, ever. If if, or rarely if ever i guess this one is kind of it's not a sad song it's a rock and roll song but it's running through a bunch of like oh shit here we go again it's christmas i got to go get gifts i got to see all the relatives i don't like god oh, I, I i guess it's fine but i kind of can't wait till it's over all
1: right yeah no it's uh it's a good song it's a good song and uh i can't i can't rag on it too much uh but I think you made a mistake taking it first overall uh, because... Uh, Nonsense.
0: Nonsense. It's the best one. Hey, come, on. Be come on. It can't be tough.
1: Well, you know, there, there's also... You got to go for value sometimes um, when it comes to uh, these drafts. And I'm going with the song that is... Uh, well, it's maybe not my favorite, but I think I'm getting best value here because it
0: is... It's not your favorite far. Christmas All Over Again is your favorite.
1: No, I didn't say that. It's not my favorite, but uh we're gonna we're gonna take it anyways. Um because it's too it's too popular not to take it. It's uh Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You.
0: Oh, uh, no, you wouldn't. Yes, you wouldn't. I would. Uh, I would. Pick. What are
1: you people talking about. People people love that song. People fucking people love, love that, song, that song, all right? Cuz it's a bop. A it's a bop. It's not my favorite, but it's a fucking bop. It, a bunch of people hate the song. They only hate it cuz it's overplayed, all right? Um you know, so that's that's. See, I
0: think if it were good, wouldn't of, you be happy it yeah. was played a lot? I think everybody's got their own. Riddle me this. That's what I was Riddle me that. Okay, okay. Actually, there's a a video I really liked by a, a music YouTuber called Charles Cornell, where he goes through a compiled list from like every source online that he could find, compiling the top five most hated Christmas songs, and that one was a number one. So just throwing that out there that the public okay. is probably going to disapprove of your first pick all unlike my second pick rocking around the christmas tree this song i was i thought maybe uh going for this one first overall instead of christmas all over again because i know it's more popular but i figured no i'm going to go for my favorite one first and hope that this one is still there because not only is it one of the most popular christmas songs um, if I had to pick one specific version, it would not be the very popular Brenda Lee version, although that one is very pleasant as well. It would be the version version by the band Chicago. Uh, they are kind of like a jazz slash rock and roll band, and they have this a version of the song with a bunch of different key changes. And unlike most version of the, versions of the songs that are swung, it's uh, in straight for rockin' around the Christmas tree. It was recently pointed out to me by a friend, that in the original especially, but in some other versions too. When Brenda Lee says, later we'll have some pumpkin pie, it sounds an awful lot like, later we'll have some fucking pie, especially for <laughs> listening for it. Uh, which yeah. is, of course, you know, major bonus points. And uh, perhaps perhaps best of all, um, it is extremely fun to sing this song, not as rocking around the Christmas tree, but either walking around the Christmas tree, or even better walking around in Albany and add some nice new fun flavor to it. So I think all around, this is a, a, a practically perfect Christmas song.
1: Okay. All right. Um, interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm going to go with another popular one this time around. Hmm. where shall we go? I think I'm going to go with the, uh, the legendary Carol. Going with Jingle Bells. Cause, uh, oh, that song sucks. No, it doesn't fucking suck. All right, it's like of you know everybody knows does. how to fucking sing it. Nobody. Jingle bells, jingle bells. You know, it's like a chant. You know, everybody gets hyped over it, right? It's, <laughs> no it's, it's, one it's gets hyped over jingle bells. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you got jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Let's go. Um, it's uh, it's a big win. So yeah, everybody loves jingle bells you tell me you don't love jingle bells i might be tell me you love, you might, don't love jingle I
0: don't, bells. Who no i do not love jingle bells who loves jingle bells what do you that mean? might be the worst thing so in christmas. any of our dress oh no, get, get the hell out of here it's the best actually jingle, jingle bells, bells should barely jingle even count bells. because it was originally written as a thanksgiving song and uh christmas <laughs> stole it which you can see wow. when you look at the lyrics that they're not even about christmas they're just about you know just riding on a on a ride, or with the bells and stuff, it's that was a it's just cool. an awful pick. That's a truly. It's got an awesome, awful pick.
1: You just, you just, you just, you just, uh, you know, justify my pick. You know, like it's, uh, it's got a sick backstory. You stole it from another holiday. Stole it from a shittier holiday. You know, it's like, and then you made it your own. Big win.
0: That big win wow, for the jingle we, we industry. Love, wow. industry. Well we love stealing songs <laughs> here on fusion a and hockey podcast for our, to suit our own purposes to, to appropriate Thanksgiving right. culture. Anyway, moving well, I'm on. I'm
1: sorry. Are you defending Thanksgiving culture? That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard. All right, please. Oh, that's proceed. a good point.
0: Actually. Anyway, um, I'm going to take, <laughs> okay. I, I that had not occurred to <laughs> me. I'm going to select um, a Christmas song by everyone's favorite California rockers. Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys. Have you heard of this song? Before Zencaster so rudely caused a a delay on our ends, I was just talking about my third pick in this draft, Little St. Nick by the Beach Boys. And Taisei said, he's never heard of it. And I'm here to tell you that, oh boy, are you missing out? So this song, it's, it's quite short. I think it's only about two minutes long, or maybe a little bit longer. Uh and as the title would imply it's about Santa Claus but it's also about his sleigh. I don't know how familiar you are with the Beach Boys music. Uh but as they sang a lot especially in their early years about cars as one does. Uh they have a song called Little Deuce Coupe. It's like this is my car, it's the best car around. There's another one that's like uh it's called I Get Around about he's just driving. They basically have a lot of songs that are like I have a cool car. Look how great it is and the girls love it too. And Little St. Nick is basically just like that, except they're talking about Santa's sleigh, but using their car terminology. So I'm going to read you the lyrics, which are kind of, you know, they're maybe slightly convoluted, but I think that's part of the fun that they're making it, you know, very convoluted. Well, way up north where the air gets cold, there's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. And a real famous cat, all dressed up in red, and he spends the whole year working out on his sled. It's Little St. Nick. Little St. Nick. Ooh, next verse. Just a little bobsled, we call it Old St. Nick, but she'll walk a toboggan with a four-speed stick. She's candy apple red with a ski for a wheel, and when Santa hits the gas, man, just watch her peel. la blah blah, 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 blah. And hauling through the snow at a frightening speed with a half, half a dozen deer with Rudy to lead. He's got to wear his goggles because the snow really flies, and he's cruising every pad with a little surprise. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's the gist of it. And in, in beach Boys fashion, naturally, it's extremely catchy and super fun to sing along to.
1: Yeah, this song was sponsored by Chevrolet. Um, I don't know. What do they don't name the brand. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's the general car vibes, is what I'm saying. Um, you know, I didn't say they named the brand. Just saying. They're like, you know, Santa's in his old fucking Mustang or whatever it is, uh, is the vibe. Which, come um, on, you're ruining the sanctity of the sleigh. This this ain't a four-wheel driver. It's a seven reindeer driver, so get out of here. Um, all right. seven,
0: what are you talking about? What are there seven reindeer? Are there eight? Nine? There ten? are eight. And then if you okay. want to add Rudolph, there are nine. And uh, if you want to add Snow Cone from the movie Noel, then there are ten. <laughs> what?
1: what's with that right. okay all right is, is noel particularly uh is noel canon for christmas lore what's it called
0: oh. there are, <laughs> there 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 are a cone. Cone. i wonder there how heard many possible cone. santa claus canons there are um because there mu- there must be a million different canons of santa claus but, okay by the way, before we continue uh, i have I have, some, I have some beef Ow, i just i just bit my cheek anyway i, I, have, um, I have some beef with christmas movies in general I'll use Elf as an example, because it's extremely pronounced in Elf, although it is present in nearly every Christmas movie with Santa Claus in it, which is that the adults all don't believe in Santa Claus. Despite the fact that Santa Claus flies around the world in these movies and delivers gifts to the children, the parents wake up, they see that there are new gifts in the house that they didn't buy, and yet they still don't believe in Santa Claus. And it just absolutely makes no sense. And I would appreciate it very much if movies in which Santa Claus were real, everybody knew it and believed it. All right. I mean, uh,
1: I actually, due to some technical glitching, I uh, I missed out on the first part of that argument. Um, so I have no idea how you got there. But... Uh... Your, your point is appreciated. I don't know how we got to adult awareness of Santa Claus in Santa Claus canon. Um, but it's appreciated. The discourse is appreciated. All right. Anything else you want to you wanna plug on? Uh, what was it called? Something Saint Nick? I forget what the song was called.
0: Little Saint Nick. Uh, okay. Little, Little Saint, Saint Nick. Nick is that, yeah. uh, honestly, uh, any criticism of yours is not valid due to the fact okay. that you have not listened to the song because it slaps. All right, fair enough. Well, my criticism is that
1: it's not well known enough um, because I didn't know about it until now. All right. Where do I go next? Where do I go next? All right, I'm going to go with the song Last Christmas. Cause I was listening to it earlier, <laughs> oh, God. and it bops. You're just
0: picking <laughs> everyone's least favorites. You're what are just you going die after done after this done. song. Fucking oh, it bops. It Where? moves. Remember that list. Remember that list. I said I mentioned to you, Charles Cornell yeah. the top five most hated Christmas songs. This one was also right. on the list. Okay, so it, it
1: would be on the top five most loved as well. I would argue. No, it would not be. It would absolutely not be on that list. Pops, man. I don't know. I was listening to it right before we started recording. I was like, "Hmm, this grooves. I better pick it." Um. So here we are. It's got some of that synth, you know. It, it moves. It gets you, it. gets you grooving.
0: It's not that sad. Last Christmas I gave it to Greg. The very next day I gave it to Craig. Anyway. Uh, now that you've taken, it's one of the worst songs of all time. It's
1: beautiful. It's beautiful. All time. I have I'm
0: smoking. All right, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's a little extreme. Um, I have, hmm, there are a lot of very good Christmas songs mm-hmm. on my playlist here, and I have to choose the three best. I'm going to begin with one that I am slightly afraid that you will choose. It is Slay okay. Ride by Leroy Anderson. Now we we played this mm. piece, um, we played this piece a number of times in our various wind ensembles and concert bands that we've been a part of. I think twice. I think once in high school and once in the Quebec Youth Wind Ensemble. We played Sleigh Ride. Um, I played the bass drum and some auxiliary stuff. You played. Do you play the snare drum? I think. I played the slapstick. And maybe some one other point.
1: things. That was a good time.
0: Oh, yes. But that was uh, our fellow other percussionist, too. I think I believed did it most of the time. But anyway, uh, this is actually a lot of people know this song, uh, know the lyrics to this song, uh, but actually it was first written as just a piece for an orchestra before the thought even occurred to add lyrics. And fun fact is Leroy Anderson had the idea for it in like the middle of summer on the hottest day of the year or something like that. He was like, I want to write a song about it being wintertime to take my mind off the fact that it's really hot out. And this piece came out. It's super catchy. Uh, I think the lyrics that were added many, many years later are generally pretty bad and oftentimes don't line up with the actual original rhythm of the song uh, the original one, you know, of course we got that slapstick that Taisei just mentioned. It's iconic. Everyone loves it. Um, there's of course the trumpet making the horsey noise at the end. I actually saw a video on YouTube recently it came up in my recommended that was like sleigh ride from the trombone point of view. And it was just these two random trombone players put their phone on their music stand, <laughs> recorded themselves, just playing the trombone part for sleigh ride along with the rest of the band. And whenever the slapstick came on. Uh, like the clack, they would pretend that they like their heads just got snapped and they were dead. It was it was a little bit funny, I have to say. <laughs> uh, overall, though, this this piece is extremely well written, extremely enjoyable, and uh, gets you into the Christmas spirit.
1: All right, yeah, I can't can't uh, this this song. I was going to pick it next. So nice little nice little steal. Oh really? Um, yeah, it was.
0: But uh, hey, hey. hey. that would have been your best song by far. <laughs>
1: But yeah, no the the modern like the the lyrical version suck ass though. I can't I couldn't agree more. Um, I was like this is this kind of gross. That's why I put it off until now. If not if it was just the orchestral version I would have taken it earlier. But uh I was like nah, this is a turn off. This shit sucks. Um, but uh all right, cool. Now where do I go? All right, got my got my pick stolen right on my nose. Um, hey. hey, okay. See, I think I'm like, I'm like, uh, none of these are particularly appealing, I would say. So I don't know. You say you got like a bunch of great songs left. Sounds like you're, I'm going to, you know. Oh
0: yeah. There's like 10 that I think would be reasonable picks for me. Okay. Fair enough.
1: All right. Um. More, 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 more. Okay. All right. can't wait to hear them. Uh, I'm going to go with Christmas Vacation, which, um, <laughs> you know, we have a, yeah, we, we performed it once in front at a concert. You sure did. With the xylophones. Um song slaps. Not much more to add to it. Uh it's uh it's there's really no downside to it. Haven't watched the movie? Don't need to to appreciate it.
0: I also not watched the movie, know nothing about it. Uh if anyone's interested that video of us performing uh Christmas vacation from National Lampoon's Christmas Christmas vacation Back in December 2018, that video, I actually very recently put it up on my YouTube channel. uh, And you can see us play in the auditorium of our high school. Uh, But that song, despite the fond memories we have associated with it, is nowhere near as good as my next pick. Uh, It's a song by the Kinks called Father Christmas. Have you heard of this one? (laughs) No, I have not. I don't don't know where you're getting all these Christmas songs. But uh, go ahead. All right. Father Christmas. I think you would love this one uh, because it's about uh, similar to Christmas all over again. And that it's not a sad song, at least in the way it sounds. It's definitely a rock and roll song. Uh, but it's about the poor children whose parents can't afford to give them gifts uh, at Christmas time. And I am going to I can't find a lyric page at the moment. For, oh, oh, this is why. Instead of typing Father Christmas songs, uh, I should have typed Father Christmas lyrics, but I typed Father Christmas songs. Anyway, uh, when I was small, I believed in Santa Claus, though I knew it was my dad. And I would hang up my stocking at Christmas, open my presents, and I'd be glad. But the last time I played Father Christmas, I stood outside a department store. A gang of kids came over and mugged me. I knocked my reindeer to the floor. They said, Father Christmas, give us some money. Don't mess around with those silly toys. We'll beat you up if you don't hand it over. We want your bread, so don't make us annoyed. Give all the toys to the little rich boys. That's the idea. <laughs> I'm having a hard time
1: absorbing what the message of the song is. Um, so, so Santa the of the song, all right, they, make it, they make
0: it abundantly clear in the bridge. They make it abundantly clear in the bridge where it's like, have a Merry Christmas, but remember the kids who have nothing while you're drinking your wine or something like that. It's like they get very solemn and serious for like six seconds and then go back to being like, uh, Father Christmas, uh, if you have one, I'll take a machine gun so I can scare all the kids on the street, stuff like that. All right. Interesting.
1: Interesting. All right, I'll check it out after. <laughs> I have no other opinions on the song. Uh, okay. All right, next up. I've thought of my next pick. It's a banger. I'm going Feliz Navidad. Got me some Spanish in here. Um, Because, yeah, also another bop. I've taken, without exception, now that makes five bops. And that, that is indisputable. Two bops. That Indisputable.
0: That makes two bops that you have. Literally every single one of my songs is worlds better than every single one of yours.
1: Incorrect. Incorrect.
0: You only think that cuz you picked the song. This is This is the mo- No, no, most of the time our picks our teams are you know relatively evenly matched. This right. time though, I've never seen such disparity between any two teams in anything ever.
1: <laughs> you say these are the two most disparate items you've ever seen in your life.
0: <laughs> is that just- yes. Five <laughs> of the greatest Christmas songs and five <laughs> of the largely worst. I mean, th- your last two picks the songs themselves are okay. I, w- I don't think they're top 12 material at all, but I'll listen to them. Your first three, though, you straight up picked three bad songs. That's not true. That is
1: factually incorrect. I would listen to any of these three songs, and I do. So
0: Of course you would. You like bad songs. Your favorite song <laughs> is Call Me Maybe.
1: <laughs> I object to that statement, Um, but um, it's not a bad song either. Are you saying Call Me Maybe is a bad song? I can't believe you'd show that kind of disrespect. No, I'm
0: saying if it's your favorite one, then that's probably an, that's indicative <laughs> of the fact that you have a poor poor, poor taste in music.
1: Well, you know, that's, taste is subjective, right? So who's to say? Poor, elite, you know? We'll see. We'll let the voters vote. I have a good feeling about this one. I gotta say. Oh, okay. I gotta say. I have I don't,
0: never been more confident in my
1: team. I, I don't know if people have heard of Father Christmas. Maybe they have. But I can't see as a voter. I wouldn't credit a song that I've never heard of, you know? So,
0: all right, go ahead. Make your last pick. All right. My last pick uh, is actually a song that I had never heard of until this year. It's a bad sign, Um, but
1: it's not good enough to be heard.
0: Absolutely. slapped. Okay. It's decidedly a Christmas song. (laughs) It was written by Eldon John. For the Billy Elliot musical, it's called Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. And the chorus of the song goes, Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. May God's love be with you. We all sing together in one breath. Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. We all celebrate today because it's one day closer to your death. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's the idea. Uh, All right. So <laughs> we love a diss track. We love a diss track. <laughs> it's a diss track, and then so I think I haven't actually I haven't seen this musical, so I don't know much about okay. it. I think though, like the workers have been on strike for a long time. They're hungry and everything, and there are like some little kids around. And at the end, the kids out of nowhere, uh sing, "Oh my darling, oh my darling, oh my darling, heseltine you're a tosser, you're a wanker, and you're just a Tory swine," and that's how it ends.
1: Very nice. All right. Can't can't can the diss track, uh. But uh, see, I don't get again. Can't give a point for being popular, which uh I would. I would give my group many points for being popular. All right,
0: um, let's see. As popular these days, there's are are some things that are bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Okay.
1: All right. Where do I go with my sixth pick? All right. Checkmate atheist. <laughs> well done. Um, okay. I, I really have no idea where to go with my sixth pick. Uh let's see. We're not gonna and then you know, I don't have to worry about you stealing any picks because you're done. Um so let's see. Uh Deck the Halls is pretty bad. Um hmm. this one's a tough one.
0: Let's you took uh, jingle bells, you're not allowed that. to say anything else is bad. You, <laughs> yeah. to, you took jingle bells. Get the hell out of here.
1: Let's slaps. I was gonna. I was thinking about it. if you had, if you had taken "All I Want for Christmas Is You," I might have taken "Jingle Bells" in the first round. You know, just saying, just saying. Wow. Well, just saying.
0: Imagine. Right. Now, I almost wish I had just because of how absurd it is to be like, you know what? My first pick for Christmas songs is "Jingle Bells."
1: Yeah, because it's 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 you know the identity of Christmas is linked to jingle bells. I would argue.
0: The identity of Christmas could not be further from Jingle Bells. Well, that's not argue. true.
1: Everybody fucking sings the song. So, you know. No, and so the they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. Like
0: six year olds sing jingle bells and they sing like exactly. Batman smells, Robin smells, or whatever. Like oh, I have all have the parody the song because it's too big for them. No, well it, it makes it more fun. You do not You them. just argue. I have walking around in this a is- bunny. Yeah. I am walking around in Albany, you have you have Robin smells Batman laid an egg or whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's the best. And also, I just would like to point out that, yeah, um, you just picked an easily parodied song with your second pick as well. So it's not a diss. It's just people love it so much that, you know, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And so everybody loves the flatter Jingle Bells. Which I think is the takeaway.
0: Here's the thing. Here's the here's the key difference between uh Batman Smells and walking around in Albany is that walking around in Ar- in Albany is a sincere alteration, whereas uh Batman Smells is meant to poke fun and laugh immaturely, uh and that goes hand in hand with poking fun at the song itself. So so there. <laughs> okay,
1: all right. Um, so with my sixth pick, I've come up with. Uh, the song "Winter Wonderland," um, because it's my favorite of the remaining oh, so songs. Glad
0: you brought this horror show up. <laughs> I'm so glad. You know. Okay. All right. I, go go ahead. Okay, go it. ahead. You go first.
1: I have no other defense for this song. This is this is not a convivial pick. So if you want to roast it, I go ahead.
0: Okay, one of the videos on YouTube.com that I find the funniest. It's a, it's a video by Ryan George called something like How They Wrote Classic Christmas Songs. And almost all of the video is focused on Winter Wonderland, where he's playing all the characters in this you know, brainstorming room and they're like, in the meadow, we can build a snowman. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're on a roll, guys. And then another character says, yeah, yeah. Then you pretend he's Parson Brown. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, oh, you know, <laughs> Parson Brown. Like who's Barston Brown? Is that just some (laughs) guy you know? He's like, no, no, he's he's made up. It's a made up name of a minister of, of the Church of England. And and then and it just goes on like this has to be relatable. We can't just write songs about made up priests in the Anglican church and pretending that the snowman is them and the guy keeps going on like oh and then he you know will ask you and your girlfriend some questions how serious are things are you getting married they're like what are you talking about none of this has ever happened with a snowman before no one does this uh and you know what once again it all made it into the final cut in the meadow we can build a snowman pretend that he is parson brown uh he'll say are you married we'll say no man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you do the job. But you can do the job when you're in town. And that's the bridge.
1: Sounds good. What are you and talking about? It's
0: a fucking bomb. <laughs> they just drafted that song about pretending that a snowman is a non-existent priest who, by the way, they say you can do the job when you're in town. Implying that Parson Brown isn't even currently in town, even <laughs> though they're pretending they're talking to him right now. So just just major plot holes here and uh just total nonsense a disaster song. Look. You know what?
1: I did not have a defense for this song prior to you just handing <laughs> handing me one on a silver platter. All right? I haven't looked at the lyrics of this song. I had no idea that, you know, they just came up with the name Parson Brown, which by the way, never heard of the name Parson. So, shout out to whoever wrote the song for the the creativity, I assume it's not Michael Buble, uh, but, it, you know, whoever it happened to be, shout out, um, because it's 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 hilarious. What kind of name is Parson Brown? And why are we pretending that the snowman is him? That's a great plot hole. You say it's a plot hole. I say it's a net positive. Like I, I
0: one, <laughs> yes. it's wonderful. There's no such thing as a great plot hole. All my favorite thing about this no. film is that it makes no sense. Well,
1: it makes no sense in a delightful way. And, you know, what What else are we looking oh, for God. in a Christmas song here, all right? So, you know, I'm just saying, looking at the summary here, that uh, I decidedly have the better team. I don't know what you're going on about with, like, oh, this is the most lopsided thing I've ever seen. Maybe it's lopsided in my favor. Who's to say? Um, But, no, uh, yeah. Is...
0: Parson Brown, you, what a fucking legend. With your first pick, took... You took. Here we go. Here's your team. One of the most hated songs of the Christmas season. One All of the most beloved is you, followed by follow, followed by the most. I I I would be a real challenge to find people who are like, oh, I just absolutely love this song and mean it sincerely, not just as a, oh yeah, whatever. This song's fine. Anyway, that's your first pick, the hated song, followed by Jingle Bells, the most boring song. Followed by Last Christmas, a, a Strong Contender for Most Hated. And then Christmas Vacation, which is okay. Police Navidad, which I would say is the best one on your team. And you got that one in the fifth round. And then the total nonsense shit sh- show of Winter Wonderland. Whereas, on my side of the things, you have the best Christmas song there is, Christmas All Over Again. Followed by Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, fulfilling my, uh, my commercially successful quota. Then we got Little St. Nick, Sleigh Ride, Father Christmas, and Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. Uh, I think this is not even a contest. I would agree. And uh, I actually, I actually, it's not a contest because I have absolutely demolished you. This is not even close. Um, and I've actually beaten you out in the category of amount of times the word Christmas appears in the titles of the songs by a score of four to three. So I've at least I've won that battle already and i'm going to win the second one later this week
1: okay this is, was this a plot a plot twist uh bonus category that i was not aware of um you know what maybe your your team is just too redundant why you gotta specify that it's about christmas huh oh wait actually uh you do have navi dad which i yeah, think should there count. we go so we were four we're tied. for that so you category. don't even get you don't even get the bonus point and that's the only thing you could have won because uh I would agree that it's lopsided. I think my team my team is better. My team is decidedly better. You got you got these no-name songs. Left and right. Little Saint Nick. Never heard of Little Saint Nick. Only heard of a big Saint Nick in my life. Um, and uh, you know. Father Christmas? What what is this? The patriarchy? What's going on here? <laughs> and <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love how you're just saying like these random nonsensical things like Little Saint Nick should be bigger, Father Christmas should be a woman. And that's yeah. why your team deserves to lose. <laughs> and Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher.
1: Well, you know, who's heard of that song? Not me. So, you know, just based on every all all the factors, my team is better. Who doesn't love jingle bells? I okay. love jingle bells.
0: I think we both know. I think we both know that you don't truly believe that, but I'll <laughs> let you continue to pretend you do. Terrible. Uh, this poll will be up later in the week, probably about uh, Wednesday or Thursday, probably Wednesday. No you win. can expect to see it unless I forget, in which case it'll be Thursday on the Instagram, Fusion and Hockey Podcast. As mentioned, we are going to take a week off. Uh, no episode on the 26th. So our next episode, will actually be uh in the new year in 2022 on January 2nd if my math is correct Sure
1: um yes your math is correct according to the calendar So uh yeah any any closing remarks on the current year
0: Uh I've got to say uh this year has is is nearly done Um, we recorded a lot of episodes of fusion and hockey podcast, had a lot of fun here sitting in this chair, chatting with you. I'd have to go through more closely if I were to pinpoint any specific highlights. Oh, here's one. Actually, Uh, one of my highlights of fusion for the year for us was the very first draft we did back in February. Uh, we did the alphabet draft and it was a novel idea. Uh, and it ended up being a home run hit we both had an amazing time and i actually have gone back to, to listen to that portion of that episode, uh, at least once, maybe twice, actually. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's my top fusion moment of the year.
1: Yeah. I was, I was going to say the addition of the draft segment, um, because it's, you know, a, a tri weekly joy to kick your ass at drafts every single time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's a ton of fun to debate it. And uh, I expect this will, uh, We'll close off 2021 in the same way much of 2021 has gone for these drafts uh, that I win in a resounding W. Now, um, yeah. So that's that. Um, as as for otherwise, um, yeah, 2021 was, uh, you know, you gave a very rempant look answer.
0: Very well thought out. Good shit. <laughs> and... Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that maybe in 2022 there will be growth and I'll continue to be a human mm-hmm. and there will be a duality between maintaining a sense of self as as long with the coach's vision for our podcast. I'd like to on that note,
1: continue being the archetype of podcast speech as well.
0: Um. (laughs) Yeah. We will continue to fulfill our archetype. Um, Thank you for listening to this episode and thank you for the year, everybody. Uh, We hope that you will continue by us in 2022. We have no plans of slowing down our episode output, despite the fact we are taking a week off. Just gotta, you know, recharge for the upcoming calendar year. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Fusion and Hockey Podcast. You can follow us individually on Twitter at Tysefu and at Alex's new handle. And uh, yeah, that's it. The end.